Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. And welcome to a super double-sized episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't have time for a, a double-sized. Oh, you will make the time for a oh. special double-sized episode <laughs> of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. So we may go thirty minutes today. <laughs> Triple-sized, minutes. really? 30, triple thirty-two sized. minutes. So yeah, <laughs> because you know, we have. Multiple things today, not two episodes. Exactly. Um, you know, I uh, I am the reason that we did not record last week. Um, I mm-hmm. uh, was out for a a medical procedure, uh-huh. and so uh, we we were playing a little catch up this week. But that's okay. That's so okay. we lied to you, dear listener, about twenty three weeks of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. We lied. Unless well, you no. Know, no, it is 23 weeks. You're going to get 23 weeks of Aaron and Polly, just not necessarily 23 episodes. Fair. Fair. <laughs> we never said 23 episodes. We or maybe not. we did. Uh, Someone's going to tell did. us that. We, yeah. <laughs> It'll we, pop up in our Twitter feed in 10 we, years. We're really, it's just sort of stream of consciousness here. We really don't pay attention to what it is we say. Fair. But, fair. <laughs> As evidenced by the fact that no one will let us guest star on their podcast. That is true. That is hey, true. Aaron, I have a question for you. Sir. It's not on our outline, so don't look at it. We don't okay, have I'm che- I, actually I do. I have notes here, Paul. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going here. stream of in consciousness. Fact, in fact, can is you hear you, actual paper? <laughs> I was about to say, is that you rustling paper to prove That's, that you're <laughs> that I have notes here in front of me? I am oh, old well, school. I, I mean, today. I can rustle paper too. Well, can you? Because I think you're all digital over there. I have a sheet of paper right here. Oh, look, you have notes as well. <laughs> I mean, not related to this, but uh, my question for you, Aaron, is how do you get your CBS All Access? Do you get it through Amazon Prime or do you get it as a separate app? I get it through Amazon Prime. I didn't know that it was on Amazon Prime. It actually just occurred to me this week because yeah. this week, uh, this past week I said, screw you, Shudder, um, the horror version of Netflix, and uh, said, hello, Shudder. And purchase it through Amazon Prime instead to have one yeah. less app because yeah. there was no Shutter app installed on my smart TV um, or, you know, available through my smart TV. And I'm trying to limit the number of apps. And then I discovered that CBS All Access is also available on Amazon Prime. And I'm pretty sure I pay month to month so I can cancel at any time yeah. and uh, move it over there. And I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, I, I, I much prefer the Prime interface on my DVR. Uh, to the other methods that I that I had to watch uh, CBS All Access for me it would have been Chromecast and I really hate Chromecast so yeah that's that's how I watch it is through Prime channels and there's no delay in content it's released at the same point as it is on regular CBS All Access and all that yeah 
I guess that would be the case because that's why yeah. I and mean, we're on a Star Trek podcast. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's you know, it's just it's a different way to access. And I'm sure CBS All Access is having to you know tip up to Prime. Yeah, but, but it's the same price. Yeah, but it's probably not the same price. For, it's probably not the same profit margin for them. But it puts them in a lot more homes. Fair. You know, if so. DC Universe had done that. Well, and or HBO Max. Yeah, I I, I really wish I, what drives me crazy is HBO Max has got HBO in the channels, yep. but it doesn't have HBO Max. I need them to get that shit together, Paul. They want some of that. I got they some want ra- streaming money for themselves. I got some raised by wolves to watch. Ah, is that an HBO Max exclusive show? Uh, I believe so. Oh, yeah. I believe so. Three episodes premiered this week that I haven't had had a chance to watch. That'll happen this weekend. It followed immediately by our Raised by Wolves with Aaron and Polly podcast. Oh, I don't know that I can commit to that. Talk to, <laughs> talk to Wayne about that one. <laughs> he doesn't have HBO Max. Oh, damn it. Uh, I'm, plus, I'm saving Wayne for my uh, Justice League The Snyder Cut podcast with Aaron and Aaron oh, Wayne. Because <laughs> everybody wants to hear that. The betrayal is thick. <laughs> Well, Paul, you know, uh, if anybody, if any of our listeners listen to our funny book show, they know that we had a, a big darn time in the DC fandom. And what seems to be almost in response to the success of the fandom, the good folks over at Star Trek created Star Trek Day. Uh, with lots of media content uh, on, you know, the uh, 54th anniversary of the first episode debuting on network television of the original series, which was uh, uh, September the 8th, which was Star Trek Day, 24-hour event with, you know, mar- free marathons online. You know, you didn't even have to sign up for a streaming service. You could just stream it from the Star Trek.com site. Free episodes of all of the uh, Star Trek series. And then, you know, beginning at noon Pacific, they began having, you know, uh, panel discussions with mm-hmm. all the various crews, uh, writers, producers, etc. you know, both current and old. Paul, did you catch any of that? Um, so I saw a couple of highlights and I, I will say, um, my frustration with, I'm, I'm starting right off from the negative, from a negative <laughs> space. Here we go. Um, I'm frustrated, you know, it felt Star Trek Day is a great idea, and I think it's a great way to promote your product. Uh, but much like um, the management of CBS All Access in general, felt a bit half-assed to me in that they they released it on Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern or 12 p.m. Pacific. Um, Tuesday, The Tuesday after Labor Day where everyone is pretty much going back to work uh, or – even worse, going back to school when you had a holiday weekend and all of that content could have been released on Saturday yeah. or Sunday or even Monday, they chose to release it. And because it was really only about three hours of new uh, panel content, roughly, yeah. right? I think it was um, the, the three hours of it. Uh, but they put it out on Tuesday. And I, you know, I, I, I saw the highlights, but I mean, quite frankly, I was working and I wanted to see more of it. Um, and I felt it. Here's the thing I think it's a great idea. I think um, part of the reason I didn't make more of an effort to watch more of it, even though I'm on a Star Trek podcast, is that, you know, they said uh, is that I really didn't feel like there would be anything in the way of announcements or trailers or footage to show other than a new Discovery trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was right. 
you know, as it relates to to that type of entertainment. I think they had plenty of panel discussions and some heartwarming more moments and things like that uh, with cast members and crew. But uh, as far as actual announcements and, and new things to be shown, obviously, given that nothing was really filming and I think is still not filming, uh, I, I, I figured they wouldn't have really much of the way of new content to share. Yeah, and you know, I I think your points are well made. That there are a lot of items that didn't work about uh, Star Trek Day, given that, and and it's all you know timing and scheduling. Um, I think that, like yourself, I think they should not have been married to the fact that the the September the eighth, a Tuesday, was the anniversary. They should have celebrated it. You know, they should have done it like we do some of our national holidays. You know, uh, this is the date we observe it, not necessarily the date that is the actual anniversary. Um, there was a perfect time this weekend. You know, do it, do it. Any of those uh, three ho- three days of the three day weekend would have been perfect because uh, I think that really worked in the DC fandom's uh, uh, favor. The fact that they did it on a Saturday and ran it over into a Sunday and you had plenty of time to, to tune in if you wanted to get in there. And, you know, as we've seen, they had millions and millions and millions of people participate in the DC fandom. Um, I'll be curious to see if CBS All Access publishes any kind of numbers around this. I think it's a great idea. They just they really fouled up the scheduling in my opinion uh, because, you know, here I am, you know, a guy who is a diehard Star Trek fan um, would have loved to have just sat down and watched this thing from beginning to end. And I had to work, you know? And so I only got to catch things between phone calls, uh, between meetings and, you know, was only able to listen to them with half an ear. Now of those things that I caught, uh, I tuned in for the for part of the Deep Space Nine panel where they had you know uh, mm-hmm. the usual cast of characters that show up to these Deep Space Nine things. You had Armin Shimmerman, Nana Visitor, uh, uh, Sadig El Fadil. Is, is that the name he goes by now? I always get him confused. Uh, they had uh, Sirach Lofton uh, and Terry Farrell, and then Ira Stephen Bear. And it was very sentimental. Um, it the, beyond you know they they revisited a conversation I have heard these actors talk about previously, and particularly Armin Shimmerman about uh, the wisdom of the writers in incorporating a character like Quark as the other, right? Uh, you know, someone who who is looking at you know humanity from the outside, and you know, really sort of a, an a uh, an outsider sort of character uh, whose people are even sort of, you know, vilified and maligned. And, you know, not only is he able to provide a perspective on, you know, humanity, AKA the Federation, he is also sometimes demonstrated to have, you know, uh, the qualities that are valued by that culture. Uh, so they had that conversation, but the thing that really got me in that was all of those actors uh, memorialized uh, Aaron Eisenberg, the actor who played Nog, who passed away last year, and Rene Aubergenois, who also passed away last year, the actor who played Odo. And, you know, Paul and I, you know, we, we have uh, talked about how fond we were of both of those actors. And I got to tell you, <laughs> tears in my eyes 
listening to these guys talk about them. Uh, it was very sentimental. And of course, I, I love both of those actors. I have very fond, fond memories of meeting uh, Mr. Aubergenois in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, really always enjoyed uh, Aaron Eisenberg's performance in Deep Space Nine. Uh, so that really got me. Caught a little bit of the Enterprise panel, and I have said before, Enterprise is, is not my Star Trek, but I like most of those actors on that show. They had, uh, oh gosh, uh, I've suddenly drawn a blank on his name, but Quantum Leap guy. Uh, Scott Bakula. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, they had him, they had, you know, several of the bridge crew there with him. Uh, and, you know, they were talking about uh, social activism a lot and, you know, how that is kind of woven into the Star Trek tapestry. Um, I caught. I think all of the lower decks panel. Um, and yeah, you got some things there. You got to see some previews of guest appearances that will occur in hmm. upcoming episodes of lower decks. The, the big one was John Delancey returning as Q. Oh yeah. Appar- that was announced. Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently it won't be a, a uh, large role, but he'll you know be appearing for maybe a cameo in that. Um, and then there was a, 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 a conversation with, uh, Patrick Stewart and Jonathan Frakes uh, regarding both the Picard show and Next Generation, and it was moderated by uh, Will Wheaton. And uh, it also was very sentimental. Um, I am, I know you have got Will Wheaton issues, Paul. Um, I am coming up to a place uh, where I'm tired of hearing about Will Wheaton's uh, shitty childhood. Um, I, 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 <laughs> He he can't stop talking about that in context of how important his next generation uh, cast and crew are to him in his uh, into his personal life then and now, and I, I'm just like you know at some point can't you just be the moderator? Do you have to continue bringing in your personal experience about how crappy your own parents were? Uh, and and I'm that got on my nerves. Um, but there was some 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 very sentimental you know storytelling there between you know Frakes and Stewart, and you can tell Frakes and Stewart just love each other, and apparently they just love Will Wheaton. And again, I you know I like Will Wheaton, but I'm just kind of about done hearing him talk about his sad stories. Um, just saying. But that I feel was like my. Ex- that's the main thing, Aaron. I feel like that's me. <laughs> I mean, Will Wheaton is still working through it. He is still working through it, Aaron. Well, uh, clearly, I, I think he is, and uh, I, I, I don't mean I. I struggle with it because <laughs> I, truly, I know you're giving me crap, but I, I struggle with it because you know I, I I should be sensitive to that, but I feel like I've read his blog for years and years. I I you know I see him on all manner of things where he talks about that stuff, and I'm just like you know at some point. You got to kind of gut up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. You, you got to cowboy up on this stuff and just, you know, muscle through it. And you know, I feel like when you're a forty-year-old man, that's probably the time. Just saying. <laughs> so, just Aaron, saying. did you not see any of the Strange New Worlds panel? I saw maybe five minutes of Strange New Worlds. I mean, we knew there was really nothing there, but yeah, yeah, I did not see much of Strange New Worlds. Okay, but I mean, I did see that kick-ass. Uh, uh, disco trailer, right? New Star Trek that, Discovery coming very soon. Yeah, it looked it looked super hot. It does. It looks like there's a lot of. I mean, I remember having this exact same conversation when Discovery season two trailer premiered. Um, the you know there's a lot of humor to the trailer. 
you know, I think the what was revealed in the trailer, which you know seems primarily through the first half of the season, um, there's an interesting status quo, you know, with them in the future, and uh, basically going Star Wars and and building the rebellion uh, because apparently something has happened. Uh, I think it's called the burn, right? Right. Um, right. You know, Starfleet is not really a thing anymore. So they're rebuilding Starfleet themselves. And so it seems interesting. You know, it's, it's definitely a different type of story than we've seen in Star Trek. Well, um, and you see, you see images of, of, uh, you know, Sonequa Martin green laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and smiling. Wise and making jokes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, huh, this is different. <laughs> you know, this is different. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see that. In fact, uh, Jonathan Frakes had a comment in the Picard Next Generation uh, panel where he made comment about the tonal difference between Season 3 Discovery versus uh, Season 2 and Season 1 Discovery. And he, you know, he was talking to Sonequa Martin-Green and, and you know, she said, you know, she's not afraid anymore. You know, that's why there's able to be joy. You know, that's why there's able to be light is that, you know, they're not shrouded in fear. I'm like, interesting. But uh, I'm excited. It looks really good. I enjoyed season two of Discovery a great deal. I am excited for season three. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. I think we've got, it comes out mid-October, I think, or is it end of October? Yeah, October 15th. October October 15th. 15th. Two weeks before the other star show that will go unnamed on a Star Trek podcast. The other star show. That comes out. Star Search? Yes. Star Search starring Baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, does Mandalorian start then? I think Mandalorian starts, I believe, at the end of the month. Um, uh, October 30th uh, is when Mandalorian starts. Not that you care about that on a Star Trek podcast. You don't care. I still still haven't seen an episode. Of Mandalorian? Of Mandalorian. I don't have the the plus. What? I don't have the Disney plus. Aaron, you have to see Mando. Yeah. Not on this podcast. Someday. On a different podcast. Someday. Well, one last thing to say about uh, Star Trek Day. And it's a similar complaint that I had under the fan, uh, in the fandom. Uh, The links to shop were not specific to Star Trek Day, except for a couple of Mm. t-shirts. Nothing was on sale. Um, and, and I think that if it's the, if it's, I can understand where, you know, your original Star Trek day shirt wouldn't be discounted, but it seems like those things that are available every day of the week should be. Yeah. Have a sale. And yeah. And, uh, I, uh, I, I was disappointed that, you know, none of that was though. I will say I bought one item because I didn't even know it was out there. And that was a deep space nine Niners ball cap. Nice. So I am ready for baseball. I am now ready for baseball. (laughs) All right. We're ready. (laughs) So, Paul. Yes. Well, but before you go into that, I do want to say, you know, the format, I don't know what you were about to talk about, but you were probably going to talk about lower decks. Um, But, you know, I think this format, when done on the right, with the right time frame of these virtual focused conventions, which... I remember actually having this conversation about six months ago in regards to San Diego Comic-Con and Star Wars Celebration. I think really, really works well for these dedicated panel virtual convention things. I think DC Fandom really led the charge on how to do it right. I think Star Trek Day could have been done a little better or honestly probably could have been done the same exact way but on a different day. And I know Hasbro is actually doing Hasbro PulseCon. 
That's um, crazy. <laughs> later this month. So, you know, where they're going to actually release a bunch of, you know, exclusives and announce all these new toys and stuff like that. So I think there's, you know, I think there's, Hoping there's for an Micronauts. For <laughs> you can keep hoping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I will say I would be very excited to see Star Trek Day again, but with more planning. I feel like they didn't have a whole lot of time to plan this. I agree. I feel like this was somebody's big idea a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But, Paul, yes, are you ready to talk about Star Trek Lower Deck Season 1, Episode 5, Cupid's Errant Arrow? I think we are. And Episode 6, whatever that's titled. It's called Terminal Provocations. Terminal Provocations. Um, so, notes, Paul. Notes. <laughs> whatever. I have to tell you right before the show. Don't even perpetrate. Uh, so, you know, I, I know I said Moist Vessel. I, I enjoyed Episode 3, Temporal Edict, more than I enjoyed Moist Vessel. But in general, I will say that Lower Decks gets better and better with every episode. I agree. I agree. Um, and I got to tell you, I, I enjoyed Cupid's Errant Arrow from beginning to end. I did too. Uh, we finally – I kept referring to Boimler's uh, mysterious girlfriend as his Canadian girlfriend. You know, that girlfriend <laughs> that your friend always talks about. But she's in Canada. George Glass. <laughs> <laughs> um, she uh, – I, 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 Jillian Jacobs, I believe, is the actress. Oh, who, really? Uh, okay. Guested as uh, – as his girlfriend, and you know she is an awesome character, uh, both in in performance as well as you know the the character itself is recognized as as being you know really sort of ahead of the game, really proficient in all of her chores and uh, uh, assigned tasks. And you know the question becomes, why the hell is she with Boimler? And Mariner is on this quest because she's like, she's some kind of alien. She's going to eat his face. I can't let, let her eat my friend's face. And it, it creates this series of events throughout the episode that is just hysterical. I, I, I enjoyed it a great deal. Yeah, I thought it was a really fun episode. Um, I think they did a really good job, you know, with it, it giving this – what, what I find funny, and I'm going to even more so talk about this in the next step – as we get into the next episode – is that we've definitely they, they've definitely put the cast into couples. You have Tendi and Rutherford, and you have Boimler and Mariner in every episode. That that's yeah. how it works out. They, they they have not deviated from that formula for a number of episodes now. Um, and I, I think you know, but it works because those I think they've identified that those characters, those couple couplets, I should say, because none of them are actually couples yet. Um, but uh, have such strong, uh, you know, like strong charisma together um, that they're really just a joy to watch on TV. And there was a lot of fun bits in this episode. And I, I really laughed at it. Um, but I think one of the things I, what I was going to say earlier that it, I found even more so with episode six is the show is definitely turning into what I thought it was going to be, which is Rick and Morty Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, with these last two episodes, uh, especially episode six, I'm starting to see that Rick and Morty influence creep in more than ever. Uh, you're starting to see a little bit more profanity, a little bit more violence, a little bit more dirty humor. Um, but it works. It really works. Yeah. There, and as we let's go ahead and transition to episode six, uh, you know, terminal provocations. Um 
there's a lot to like here. Um, I like that we introduced another character, uh, you know, a guest Badgie. star. <laughs> <laughs> I, Badgie killed me, Paul. Badgie, Badgie you know, and you have to have survived Clippy <laughs> to, to really understand Badgie, right? I mean, it is it is such a joke on Microsoft, and you know, Badgie buffering to address something was just killing me, <laughs> just killing me. But you know, we we had uh, two guest actors on this one. Mm-hmm. We had uh, uh, that Robbins guy, Tim Robbins from Saturday Night Live. Who played Fletcher? And we had I and I, I knew him right away, huh. uh, the the voice. But J.G. Uh, uh, Hertzler, uh, who plays Martok on Deep Space Nine, played the uh, alien ship captain, huh. uh, you know, who was trying to steal the. Uh, I'm learning the, new uh, things. Yeah, um, but J.G. Hertzler, I absolutely love him. I, I I love 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 him, and I I'm amused because I saw an interview with him not too long ago where he said, "Yeah, I'm not going to do any Star Trek anymore." I'm not interested. You know, if they come to me and they want me to do something, I'm not interested. And they came to him and, you know, he did it. I just think that's great. I mm-hmm. just, I, 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 I love that actor. I, I love the character of Martok. And it was I, the minute he spoke his first line, I'm like, that's J.G. Hartzler. Uh, <laughs> and he was great. He had some great laugh out loud lines. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed him quite a bit in this one. But I got to tell you, far and away, the best part of this show was Badgie. Oh, I fucking died the fact that you know the the personal assistant was going to murder rutherford and just all the things that it kept saying to, to rutherford <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to wear your skin i'm going to cut your foot off <laughs> <laughs> well and the fact that i mean it was that that was very much a rick and morty um type storyline uh and i i, I loved everything the badgie storyline i mean he ripped off the fact that he was like ripping off people's heads yeah 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 <laughs> When it, when he when he switched the 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 the, the holodeck uh, uh, setting and he just starts biting through people, I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, that really grabs me. They've done such a good job in this show, and they, and they did it both in Cupid's Errant Arrow episode five and in this one episode six of setting that Star Trek tone. You feel like you're in Star Trek, even though it's animated. You feel like you're in Star Trek, and then the crazy shit starts happening, and that just mm-hmm. makes it even funnier because there is a legitimacy to the stories that they're telling in the world they're telling it in, and I just got a, a super kick out of Badgie just losing his shit in the hologram, in the holodeck. It was great. Yeah. I want, I'm going to need a badgy figure, by the way. <laughs> a badgy plushie. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, there was so much that I really, I laughed out loud in that episode. Yeah, yeah. D- ditto. ditto. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so uh, what I, just one more thing that I'll say about those episodes is one of the things I did like about them is we are seeing more of the captain and we're seeing more of the captain losing her shit. Um, yes. <laughs> and, you know, we're seeing, how Mariner is in fact the captain's daughter. We, you know, we knew that, but I mean, we were seeing it in character as well because the captain has a really short fuse, and you didn't really get that as much on the first few episodes. But in every episode, at least in both of these episodes, she's just lost her crap. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, she's and and in this this sixth episode, she was in charge of. Oh no, in the fifth episode, um, she was in charge of peace negotiations. Right. Um, right. And they just went horribly awry. Uh, and then, you know, in the six episodes, it's kind of a similar thing. She's trying to negotiate this this space junk, this, you know, wreckage 
Um, and in both episodes, you could see she's on the edge. And uh, I, you know, I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm liking seeing more of her character. Yeah, yeah, I, I am too. I, I again, I'm amazed at how quickly the lower decks production team has been able to find their groove. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me because, you know, it took next generation three years to do that. Um, and they really have found their groove here. I'm, I'm, I am simply amazed. Yeah. I'm simply amazed. Strongest first season of any Star Trek show so far. <laughs> I, I think other than the original just, series, other than the original yeah. series, I would say that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I just I, I, because, I, of course, there are if we, the other uh, Star Trek. If if this was what Star Trek started with, we wouldn't be talking about it all these years later. But sure, right? It, it it is consistently getting better and stronger, and uh, it's just and a quickly. joy to watch. And yeah, just quickly. Yeah, yeah, quickly. And you know, I, I think it does leverage a great deal off of our love and nostalgia for Star Trek: The Next Generation for '90s era Star Trek. Um, I, I think there, there, that is a huge piece of this recipe of its success because, you know, it's like putting on a, on a, on a comfortable shoe. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, fuck, I remember this. I mean, opening up episode six today, you know, <laughs> they're doing something that I know I've done where I kind of make warp sounds, <laughs> 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 you know, and, uh, and those characters are doing it. And I'm like, I, okay, I see myself in that. Yeah. Right. I, I, I know that I did that when I used to watch the show, I was one of those guys who was like, I want that as white noise to sleep <laughs> by, you know, I well, want the sound of the warp engines to sleep by and all the references. Right. I mean, so they, they're, I think both effort episodes referenced Q, um, you know, the, kind of setting up that cube, could, you know, will make an appearance at some point. So both episodes reference Q and Kirk and the Titan, right? The, the Titan yeah. where Riker was captain. Well, yeah. Uh, Fletcher got promoted to the Titan where he got fired six days <laughs> six later. Six days later. <laughs> um, and given the time frame, probably fired by Riker. Uh, definitely, because yeah. this is only a year after Nemesis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. I, I'm really enjoying this show, and uh, I, I, I hope you are, too. I am, too. I, yeah. I, I, I think that it, this has been a worthwhile experiment. I'm glad to know they're already working on season two and even season three. Uh, I, I, think that, I think that this is a worthwhile endeavor. So uh, that's it for us this time on Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. We would love to know what you think of Star Trek Lower Decks, what your experience was on Star Trek Day, because you know, your warp mileage might have varied. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or and Twitter. I shouldn't even say or Twitter. Hit us up on all three. We want to yeah, get do it now. All three. Yeah. Comment the exact same comment on all three. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey, we'll do this again next week, I promise. Or, barring another survey. <laughs> <laughs> next week ish. Look for us yeah, next ish. time on Star Trek <laughs> with Aaron and Polly. That's right. We'll do it we'll do it again. At some indeterminate time. (laughs) Just like that Mirror Universe episode. (laughs) Exactly. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. 
Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade.